Our sermon tonight is on memory, remember, remember, reminders. Uh, we, 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 we served the Lord's Supper table. See what this says. Sometimes on the front of the uh, Lord's Supper table it says, do this in remembrance of me. Hmm? When we have the Lord's Supper, uh, we remember Jesus gave his body for us. He shed his blood for us. She said, do this in remembrance of me. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 26, God says, put me in remembrance. Put me in remembrance. First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 12 says, remember, remember his marvelous works he remember his marvelous works he hath done. Well, I, I, I want to remind you of some things this evening. And to, to remind you of some things, I'm going to use some everyday, ordinary, common things every one of us is very, very familiar with. Uh, may I remind you, our Lord Jesus Christ used some visuals in his teaching. He did. Uh, for example, Jesus referred to the law's coin. A visual, the law's coin. Jesus referred to the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. Jesus referred to the widow's might. Jesus said, I'm the door. I'm the door. That's a visual. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Jesus said, I'm the water of life. Jesus did use some visuals to teach important lessons. Well, that's what I'm going to do this evening. We're going to use some visuals to remind you of some important things this evening after, after I water my frog. Now I say, Brother Godfrey, I notice you, you, you drink a little water from time to time. Why? <coughs> I don't want my sermon to be dry. Thank you. Would be awful have to sit through a dry sermon. Hey, 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 we'll irrigate that sermon from time to time. Actually, I have a little throat problem, and water tends to soothe my throat. Here, here's our first reminder. Soap. Bar soap. Now, with this bar soap, I want to remind you that soap cannot wash your sins away. 1 John 1, 7 says, The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses from all sin. Oh, my. Not even the blood of No, the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. I mean, there's no soap and old work in the wash your sins way. The psalmist said, wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Oh, only the precious blood of Jesus Christ can do it. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The Bible says, let me tell you a true story. Many years ago, there was an evangelist by, by the name of R.L. Scarborough. You ever heard of that name before? Evangelist Scarborough. Now, many years ago, Evangelist Scarborough was invited to preach in a, in a Western town. I believe it was down in Nevada. Where they had a big lot of candles. Well, he went to preach in his Baptist church in, in Nevada. Uh, I think the week's meeting started Sunday morning and ended Friday night. 
place of addiction. Now about 2.30 in the morning, I'll literally quit with perspiration. All that hard work he put down. Then he went home and woke up his wife and said, Honey, you have a new husband now. Kids, wake up, wake up, kids. You have a new daddy now. Folks, isn't it wonderful? The blood of Jesus Christ. God said, cleanses of all sin. And anyone who would drink and repent and receive with Jesus. Oh, that's so. Soap cannot wash your sins away. No. But the blood of Jesus can and will. If you repent. If you receive Jesus. Well, here's our next reminder. The Bible. Now, Christian, with that Bible, I want to remind you of your need to read your Bible every day. Have we talked about that this morning? Are you reading your Bible every day? As I said this morning, I, I admire the Christians of Berea. Acts chapter 7, verse 30, it says that the Christians of Berea, and daily, daily, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday daily in the temple. I'm sorry, scratch that. Uh, and daily, Christians of Berea. Oh, they search, that's it, wrong channel. They search the scriptures daily. They search the scriptures daily. Hey, Christian, are you a Berean type Christian? I mean, it's it just your practice sometime in your day, whether it be morning, afternoon, evening, or night. You bring everything else to a screeching halt. And you pick up God's word and read it and hide God's word in your heart. Oh, the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119, verse 11. Psalm 37, 31, the law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Christian, read your Bible. Hey, I wish I could say something this evening to persuade every one of you friends daily to pick up your Bible and read it. Now, don't tell me you're so busy you don't have time to read at least one chapter a day. I don't believe that. that that's not enough. Well, I'm on this subject, then I encourage you, Christian, to read through the entire Bible. Christian, in all the years you've been saved, have you read through the Genesis to the last book of the Bible, Revolution. I mean, Revelation. Have you ever read through the entire Bible since you've been saved? Let me tell you a, a true story. There's an evangelist named by the name of Steve Pinkett. You ever heard that name, Steve Pinkett? At this one particular time, Steve Pinkett took a nationwide survey from coast to coast in America when he preached in church. When he preached in the church that year, he got permission from the pastor. And the pastor said, okay, you, you can do that. During the preliminaries, he would have ushers distribute white cards down the, down the seat, down the road, down the view. With the instruction, folks, please do not take one of these cards if you're not saved. Please do not take one of these cards if, if you've been saved only one year or less. Now, if you've been saved two or more years, would you please take one of these cards as they go by? Do not put your name on the card. This is totally anonymous. Christian, I'm going to ask you to answer just one question on the card. What do you answer? Here's the question. In all the years you've been saved, have you ever read through the Bible completely from cover to cover? Yes or no? One more time. In all the years you've been saved, have you ever read through the entire Bible from cover to cover? 
said he collected approximately 7,000 cards that year from the Christians in these churches. Pastor Harvey, sir, would you guess what percentage of those 7,000 Christians said, yes, I read through the Bible. Forty-seven years, and, and, and hey, here, I'm a I'm a prophet person, but the personal sort of maybe is Forty-seven years, ago. I think I told you that you're wrong. Let's see. I've been saved forty-seven years. I would guess I've read through that entire Bible from cover to cover at least thirty-five times. In the forty-seven years I've been saved. Now, he, he, listen. Here's the fact: most Christians believe the Bible from cover to cover. But most Christians have never read through the Bible from cover to cover. Let me repeat that. Most Christians have believed the Bible from cover to cover. But most Christians never one time read the Bible from cover to cover. I read at least 35 times. I, I, I've used the Bible reading calendar. Hmm? Whatever it says to read that day, I've done that daily, regularly, systematically. And, and consequently, I've read through, the, read through the Bible that year. At least 35 times. Pastor, does this church have any Bible reading calendars? No, but we encourage it. Good. Christian, get your, get your hand on Bible reading calendar and use it. Now, if, if you get a Bible reading calendar, it may not be a, a, the best idea to start with January 1st. No, it might be best to start with today's date or at least tomorrow's date, uh, November the 10th. Hmm? Start with tomorrow's date. You might want to start with today's date tonight when you get home. But if not, start with tomorrow's day and just keep up with it. Whatever it says to read that day, read it. Some days it says read three chapters, some days three and a half chapters, some days four. Whatever it says to read, read it. And you can keep up with it. And you can say, uh, one year from now, praise God of the... <laughs> well, brother God, for I read through the Bible. Thank you. Well, how about reading through me? And again... And again, and again. I've read through the Bible at least 35 times. You know what's amazing? Every time I read the Bible, I see some things I've never noticed before. This is an inexhaustible, you, you can't exhaust the Bible. So read God's Word. That's a reminder when I hold up the Bible. Christian, read God's Word. Let's go to our next reminder. Here's our next reminder. Hey, reminder, pray, Christian, are you praying? Raise your hand if you ever seen this model on the wall before. Prayer changes things. I've seen a number of walls around the country. Prayer changes things. That's right. So just as a reminder, Christian, pray. Pray. Bible talks a lot about praying. Bible says men are always to pray and not to faint. But it means not to give up. Not to give up. But never throw a tap at the prayer life. God says pray without Season. Now, we, we admire the apostles. Hmm? 
I mean, they have such great spiritual power, such great church builders. Uh, apostles, uh, tell me, what's your secret? How do you get that far? They said, man, we, we, we didn't keep it a secret. We told you in Acts chapter 6, verse 4. Acts chapter 6, verse 4. The apostle said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer. Woo! They majored major in prayer. They majored in the word of God. Christian, what are you majoring in your life? Fun, pleasure. And I'm not against anyone having a little fun, little pleasure. But I'm saying, don't major in your life on fun and pleasure. But you're going to be majoring on the word of God in prayer. And even soul winning. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Jesus Christ said, ask and it shall be given unto you. Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, God says, call upon me. That's prayer. Call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great mighty thing which thou knowest not. Oh, Christian, just a reminder. Keep on praying. It's an old song. It goes like this. Ere you left your room this morning, did you think to pray? You ever heard that song, Pastor? Good song. Ere you left your room this morning, did you think to pray? Christian, before you left your room, your house, and did you think to pray? Did you pray? What do you think about praying? That's what you did actually pray. Oh, we need to pray. Let me tell you an interesting story. I heard the story about this Christian man who died and who went to heaven. That's scriptural. The Bible says to be absent for the safe man, to be absent from the body is to be present work. I mean, the one who dies is going to go straight to heaven if he's saved. This Christian man died and went to heaven. And according to the story, he was escorted around heaven by Gabriel, the archangel. In this newcomer heaven, he saw this beautiful building, this beautiful building. But after a while, they came across the largest building all over. I mean, it was enormous in size. And it really got the attention of newcomer in heaven. So finally, newcomer in heaven said, Gabriel, what's the purpose of that extra large building? I know that building's larger than all these other buildings. Gabriel, what's the purpose of that large building there? Gabriel said, Brandon, that large building is where God has wonderful things stored. He longs to give to his saved ones on the earth, but God cannot give those things to his saved ones on earth because his saved ones on earth are not praying and asking God for them. Now I say, Brother Godfrey, that, 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 that's not possible, isn't it? Are you sure? How about this Bible verse? James chapter 4 and verse 3. God says there, you have not because you have not. What? You have not because you have not. Christian, are there some things you want and even some things you need, but you don't have that because you're not praying and asking God for them? Just a reminder of prayer. Just keep on praying. God does hear and answer prayer. Well, here's our next reminder. A gospel text. Yeah, it's gospel text I wrote, but it's gospel text. Now, with the gospel text, I want to remind you of your responsibility and my responsibility to Did you know the church is either going to evangelize or apostolize? I said the church will evangelize or apostolize. Take your choice. But it, it's our duty, it's our responsibility. Jesus Christ said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8 to his daughter, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon, and you shall be witnesses on the heathen same line. It's optional. Take your choice. I'm easy. You shall be on the Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus commands us, go into all the world and preach the gospel of every creature. Boy, Christian, you don't have a right to pray to be selected when you're going to witness to who you don't witness to. So you don't, you don't need 
Christian evangelize. Evangelize. So uh, show up for the visitation program. Hmm? Show up for the visitation program. Soul winning program. Tuesday evening, Saturday morning, Sunday afternoon. Show up for that visitation program, soul winning program. Evangelize. It's your responsibility. Jesus granted me to do that. But along the same line, let me me encourage you. Get in the habit. Let me tell you about a man who managed to get out this particular man. He did not live very long 
the horror and the shock and all affected him so greatly. This having got out, he would go into his bedroom in his home, and he'd say to himself, I say no one but myself. I say no one but myself. I say no one but myself. And he kept up and really up. Now my opinion, that is a horrible way for anyone to die. Listen, friend, you know what? In my opinion, it would be a million times worse than that. In my opinion, a million times worse than that is a born-again, saved person on his way to heaven. Just living for him, sorry self, living for this life, living for this world, and be on his deathbed or her deathbed. Be on his deathbed and have to say, I say no one. But myself. I, I think that that'd be worse. I think that'd be worse. But a Christian have to say that then that damn dead in his bedroom. I say no one but myself. But listen, Christian, listen, listen carefully. No Christian has to live and die and say, I say no one but myself. Christian, if you just get a hold of the simple gospel presentation and keep the wrong road. And use it, give it out. Give it out faithfully. You don't have to die saying, I have saved, know it by itself. No, God bless you. There can be a long stream of converts while you're in heaven. Amen? A Christian has to live and die saying, I'm saved, know it by myself. Well, just a little reminder our responsibility to evangelize. Well, for this next reminder, I'm going to hold up my wallet. I could hold up my checkbook. In with my wallet or with the checkbook, just a reminder, Christian, of your need to give your tithes and offerings to God. Christian, are you giving your tithes and offerings to God? Now, a lot of scripture we could read for this. But let me just read those familiar verses. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. Well, you say, we're in heaven, we robbed thee. God replies, you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. What's a tithe? The tithe of giving God 10%, 10% of our gross income. What's our gross income? That's our salary before any taxes are taken out. State tax, federal tax, social security tax. God asks us for the first fruits. Yes, the tithe of giving God 10% of our, our income before any taxes are taken out. Our gross income. Then God invites us to give him all friends. What's an offering? Any money you give to God above the tenth. Yes, above the ten percent. Hmm? God said, you robbed me in tithes and offerings. What's the result of that? You're cursed with a curse. Why? For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Then God makes an outstanding promise. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse. There, there may be meat in my house. And prove me, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows, windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there should not be room enough to receive it. Now, you and I have a choice. What's the choice, Father Godfrey? We can choose to obey God and give God the tithes and offering. God said, I'm going to open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings. What's the other choice, Brother Godfrey? Rob God. Don't tithe. You'll be robbing God. God said, you're cursed with a curse. Now, I'm of the opinion, you and I are going to fare better down here than we've got God's blessing rather than to have to live under the umbrella of a curse. Let me relate to you now a true what, I, what I'm telling you now happened early in a new year, maybe January 15th, January 20th, just around that was then. 
This Christian then went to work one morning. Hmm? While he is at work, somehow his house caught fire. I mean a bad fire. His house burned down to the very foundation. Now, fortunately, his wife and couple of children were not home. No one got burned. No one got injured. No one died in the fire. But he did lose his, his house all his belongings that day in that horrible fire. Can you imagine the shock of that man when he drove into his, his driveway in late afternoon or early evening to find no house? Yeah, he was shocked and terribly disappointed. <laughs> well, out of habit, that same Christian, he walked out to his mailbox. See if any mail arrived today. His, his mailbox was not in that house. No, his mailbox was in the post house by the road. He walked out to the mailbox, see if any mail arrived that day. He looked in there, he told you any book, he told me to do any book there. Now, one envelope was from the place where he's employed, in, in, in it was his W 2 form. Raise your hand if you understand what is a W 2 form. Okay? You adults don't, uh, most of the children don't. Again, uh, it's a W 2 form where a person is employed, where he works. Early New Year, they sent a piece of paper called a W-2 form. On that piece of paper, it states how much money that, that employee earned where he was employed the previous year. Also, it states how much that money was taken out for taxes, the W-2 form. His W-2 form arrived that very day. Now, the other envelope was from his local church. And uh, that, that he opened the envelope from his local church, and it was a slip of paper, and it stated how much money he had given to his church Many churches do you love offering and book. And each, each, each family or each uh, member gets a uh, packet of envelope, packet has a number on it, and whatever they get to God, they put the envelope with the offering plate. Then early in the new year, the church of that church says that, that individual or that, that family a statement how much money they gave to God through their church of preaching. It is taken from the church right there. Now, as a Christian looked at this deducted to form the enormous amount of money he earned the previous year. As he looked at the financial statement from his church, far, far less than the top. As he looked at the huge amount, the pitiful low amount, God whispered to his heart, saying, you're not wrong and get by with it. Christian, you're not going to rob God and get by with it. No, you won't. You're cursed with a curse. Now, God said it. I I'm just a messenger boy. I'm just reading what the Bible says. So just a reminder, faithfully, Christian, faithfully, give your tithes and offerings to God. So God can open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings. Well, let's go to our next reminder. This, as you see, is a mint. Now, Christian, with this mint, I want to remind you that you are worth a mint. Now, a lot of kids don't know what I'm talking about. You're worth a mint. Uh, in other words, they're saying, Christian, you're worth, you're worth a lot. You're worth a minute. You're very valuable. Christian, you're worth a minute. You're priceless to God. Uh, we, we, we talked about John 3, 16 this morning. John 3, 16. God, say, Brother Godfrey, how much am I worth to God? John 3, 16. God so loved you. That he gave his only begotten son. God loves you so much, Christian, he didn't want you to burn in hell, so God gave the very best he had his only son to come to earth and suffer and bleed and die for you. That you can get saved and go to heaven to, to enjoy God eternity. You're worth a man. You mean that much to God. That he gave his only son for you. Malachi chapter 3, verse 17, God says, And they shall be mine. Saith the Lord of hosts, 
in that day when I make up my jewels. Christian, did you know you're as a rare jewel to God? You are. Malachi chapter 3, verse 17. Hey, let's pretend something for a minute. Let's pretend, Christian, one day you are in your home. If your telephone rings, you say, hello, this is, and you get your name. And on the other end of the line, you say, uh, 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 hello, uh, please, please don't, please don't hang up. Uh, President George Bush. Well, no, you just wait a minute. Uh, the next voice you're going to hear is President George Bush. Come on, cut it out. Don Sears, sir. Hang on. President George Bush is going to call you. Sure. Once you come and work for him. But folks, I have one better than that. God loves you so much, God wanted you on his team, in his family. And God did everything he needed to do to get you in his family and be on his team. Hmm? Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26 You're all the children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 and verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And of children that heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Christian, you understand you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I mean, all the riches of Jesus Christ one day in the future are going to be part of yours. You know, Pastor, I have never, never inherited anything in my entire life. But that's not going to stay true. That one day, I'm going to be a co-heir with all the riches of Jesus Christ. Once I get to heaven. Christian, you're, you're worth a mint. Well, let's go to our next reminder. Our next reminder, I'm going to use this stick of gum. Stick of gum. Now, Christian, with this reminder, I want to remind you to stick to your task. Christian, stick to your task. Whatever that might be. And you can be used of God to even do miracles. If you'll just stick to your text. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works. Hey, whatever you're able to think about, whatever you're able to ask, God is able to do more than that. Stick to your task, Chris. Whatever you feel like having, just stick to your task. And marvels, miracles can be accomplished. Hey, may I remind you, Henry Ford failed and went broke five times before he finally succeeded with his Ford automobile. Did you know that Thomas, as in failed in over 500 experiments to, inle- to invent his electric light bulb before he finally succeeded in inventing his light bulb. Over 500 experiments failed. But I- I'm so glad he, he just stuck with it. Stuck with it. And consequently, we're able to enjoy electric lights in our homes and our church building. Praise God. 
So tick, stick to your task, your Christian. Well, here's an extra reminder. Here's our next reminder, a rubber band. Now, I think you'll agree with me, Christian. The rubber band is flexible. I mean, this thing is flexible. Christian, may I ask you, please, be flexible. Be flexible in your Christian life. Be like a rubber band. Be flexible. You see, things are not always going to turn out the way you want and the way you expect God, but they will turn out. I repeat, things are not always going to turn out the way you want it, but they, they are going to turn out. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 we, says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, but we can also say the stops of a good man are ordered. By the Lord. Hmm? Let me illustrate that on my own personal life. We need to be flexible. When I was 21 years old, I fell in love with a young lady by the name of Marilyn, I'm sorry, Wilma Roberts. Is something. I, at 21, I fell in love with a young lady by the name of Wilma Roberts. Wilma was beautiful. I mean, so pretty. I fell in love with Wilma. And Wilma said she loved me. Now, Frank, I, I don't know what she saw in me. Because she was blind and one eye and she couldn't see well out of her other eye. Just kidding. But I loved Wilma. Wilma said she loved me. You see, we had planned to get married after after I got out of the Navy. But something happened when I was in the Navy. Mrs. Smith, 77 years old. Mrs. Smith, 77 years old, Eric, went through the plan of salvation made. That's when I trusted Jesus, received in my heart, got born again. After I became a Christian, after I got saved, I sat down and I wrote Wilma a letter explaining how I had accepted Jesus. Now I'm a Christian now. And the best I could just bring it right to a Christian, I witnessed to Wilma, hoping that, that she'd trust you to receive Jesus also. And Wilma would write me back, but she'd never say anything of a spiritual nature. Well, two months later, I felt I ought to go home and, and, and witness to Wilma personally. And witness to my lost daddy and five lost brothers and three lost sisters. So I went home. Well, during that two during that two weeks leave, half my brothers and sisters got sick. Told about that this morning a little bit. But I, when I got home, this incident, I went to Wilma's house and got Wilma. We walked to a nearby park. We sat on the park bench. I took on the new test. I went through the plan of salvation with Wilma. I said, Wilma, wouldn't you like to ask Jesus in your heart and life to be your personal savior and save you too? She said, No. And that's where, that's where she held. She said, no, I will not accept Jesus Christ. Well, I said, honey, I, I, I believe God is calling me to preach. She said, I don't want to be a preacher's wife. So, by mutual consent, we broke up. She went her way. I, went my, I knew I couldn't marry an unbeliever, someone who was not a Christian, not saved. I lost the girl I was going to marry. That pretty girl. But notice... Six years later, I said, six years later, God led me to his choice for my wife. Woo! Did God, did God do it good? I mean, Marilyn Carlson, so pretty, sings well, plays the piano well, plays the organ well, 
Now notice, in her senior year at Tennessee Temple, Pastor Tennessee Temple, is that maybe a Jewish synagogue? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound like that. But she went to the, the Bible college, Tennessee Temple. But notice this. In her senior year at Tennessee Temple, she was chosen as Miss Temple. I mean, what girl at Christian College would like, would like to be uh, selected? Miss Bob Jones University, Miss Liberty, uh, Miss Pilgrim. God gave him Miss Temple. So I'm saying, Christian, be flexible in your life. Things are not going to turn out the way you always want them to do. But God's going to work it all out. All things work together for good. So we're like the rubber band. Just be flexible in your life and live for God, and God's going to work it all out. Well, here's our, here's our next reminder. <laughs> An eraser. An eraser. Now with this, I want to remind you that everyone makes mistakes. Jesus, every one of us uh, uh, have an eraser at the end of our pencil. Why? We all make mistakes. Christian, you are going to make some mistakes in your life, but don't worry about that. Don't let that destroy you. God's going to work it all out. Making mistakes, it's okay. Uh, may I remind you that Moses made the mistake of smiting the rock. God said, you speak the rock. Moses made the mistake of smiting that rock. But even though he made such an awful mistake, Moses turned out, in my opinion, to be the greatest leader of the Old Testament. He did. Jacob made the mistake of, of deceiving his father Isaac. Big mistake, deceiving his own daddy. But Jacob later was used of God to be the father of the nation of Israel. That's not bad. Joseph's brothers made the mistake of selling their brother Joseph as a slave into Egypt. There in Egypt, Joseph was used of God to save a nation from starvation and other people, including his own family, saved from starvation. Saul of Tarsus made the mistake of killing Christians. But later on, he too trusts Jesus and received Jesus and, and, and Saul gets saved and becomes a flaming apostle. In my opinion, Saul, or, uh, Paul, Saul would become Paul. Uh, Paul was the greatest Christian who ever lived. No question about that. So, Chris, you, 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 you're going to make some mistakes. Don't worry about it. Just do the best you can. God's going to work it all out. Mm -hmm. Well, here's our next reminder. A kiss. Yes, a candy kiss. Now, with this kiss, I want to remind you that everyone needs a kiss or a hug or a kindness every day. Let me repeat it. Everyone needs a kiss or a hug or a kindness every day. I need that, you need that. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 says, A friend loveth at all times. A friend loves at all times. Someone said, No act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, He has showed thee, O man, what is good, what does the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy. Christian, love mercy. And walk humbly with thy God. Hey, Christian, is there someone you know who needs your kindness and encouragement or a hug from you? Is it maybe a student who's off at college? Is it maybe a young married couple who are up against it? Is it po possibly a divorcee struggling to gain back self-acceptance? Is it a forgotten servant of God laboring in an obscure and difficult ministry? 
Is it a widow who needs you to visit her? Is it a boy who has lost his job? Oh, dear Christian, encourage generously. John Wesley said, do all the good you can, for all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, in all the times you can. Amen? One more time. John Wesley said, do all the good you can, for all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can. So, uh, important reminder about the kiss, the hug. Hey, here's our next reminder, a toothpick. Now with this toothpick, Christian, I want you to try to pick out the good qualities in other people around you. I don't care who it is. There's something, everybody, there's something you're not going to like. But if you'll try, if you really try, Christian, you're going to find something in everybody you can admire and appreciate. So try to pick out the good qualities in others. Well, again, let me, let me demonstrate that, illustrate that with my own personal life. I told you about my daddy this morning, an alcoholic, a drunkard. Daddy drank up his paycheck. Money should have gone to buy uh, food and clothing for a wife and kids. Went for alcohol instead. But, you know, I, I, there are a lot of things I did not like about my drunkard daddy. But something I'd bar about my own daddy, that he always saw to it. We had a place to live. Even that, even that apartment building, apartment building, that apartment building had six apartments in it. And the Godfrey family had one of those six apartments, three rooms, a kitchen, middle room, living room. Somehow daddy always paid the rent, always. We always had a place to live. We always had a roof for our head. Daddy didn't have to do that, but he did. I admired, I admired my daddy for supplying a place for us to live. Another thing I, I, I liked about my dad, Mar, about my dad, he was a good cook. You see, my dad was a cook in the army. And he did just as much cooking in the household as my mother did. Yeah, I mean, a great cook. Great cook. So uh, pick out the good qualities in others. Don't be so negative and critical. John Mark forsook the Apostle Paul and Barnabas on their missionary journey. Later, years later, Paul is incarcerated in prison in Rome. And he writes to Timothy and says to Timothy, bring Mark with thee for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Hey, Tim, bring, Tim, bring John Mark with you. He's profitable to me for the ministry. I mean, Paul the Apostle picked out a good quality. In the quitter, John Mark. Well, here's our, here's our next reminder. <laughs> a band-aid. Now with that band-aid couple reminders. First, uh, Christian, are you suffering yourself? Christian, are you going through some pain and some suffering yourself? Hmm? If so, uh, let me remind you, it's not strange. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, verse 1 says, it's given unto you on behalf of Christ, only to believe on him, but also to suffer. Where is it? Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation. And, uh, Bible says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is come upon you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice. Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering that you may be exceeding glad. So uh, you're, you're going to be a, a partaker with the uh, glory of Christ, the rewards of Christ. So first, a band-aid to you, Christian, if you're suffering. Hmm? Just accept it patiently and you'll glorify God. 
but also with his band-aid, Christian. Christian, I want to remind you to try to heal the hurts in the lives of other Christians around you. Christian, try to heal the hurts in the lives of other Christians around you. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. I heard a preacher had a daily radio broadcast during the day, during the week. And this particular preacher, every, every, every day he ended the broadcast by saying, be kind to everybody. Because everybody's having a tough time. And that's true. Christian, be kind to everybody because everyone's having a tough time down here. See, you, you can walk up to a total stranger and cycle and say, sir, I heard about the problem you had. They say, who told you? <laughs> How do you know I have this problem? Folks, we all have some kind of problem. And uh, some suffering. So try to be uh, heal the hurts those around you. Galatians chapter six verse two says, "Bear ye one another's burdens." Philippians chapter two verse four: "Looked on every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others." Second Corinthians chapter one verse three: "Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us." In all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. I already told you I believe Paul the Apostle was the greatest Christian who ever lived. Now Paul is, is, is arrested. He's being taken to Rome where he's going to be tried before Caesar. Paul is entering the city of Rome. And before he gets to the city of Rome, he's met by a small band of Christians who came out of Rome to meet him. And this was what it says about that. Acts chapter 28, verse 15. It says, And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as a P.E. forum at the three taverns, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. Hey, when Paul saw these several Christians coming out to meet him to encourage him, Paul thanked God. And Paul took courage. Christian, can you imagine being used of God to encourage the great Apostle Paul? Now, you, 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 can't, you can't encourage the Apostle Paul. It's impossible. But I'll tell you what, you can encourage that heart. You can encourage Hugh Lowell. And uh, you can encourage others in your church. So, try to be that band-aid. Well, we're, we're, we're approaching our close. Here's an extra reminder, a pen. A ballpoint pen... Now, with a ballpoint pen, I want to remind you, Christian, to list, take a sheet of paper and just list all the wonderful blessings you have received from God and you're enjoying from God. And there's so many. Ephesians hmm? chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Psalm 126 and verse 3, The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are we're glad. It doesn't say the Lord has done great things for us, we're sad. But you don't be glad. Christian, think, even around that piece of it, these wonderful blessings from God. I mean, most of this in this room can say, hey, I'm saved. I'm saved from sin, I'm saved from hell. God is now my Father. I possess eternal, I am on my way to heaven. I, I, I'm, I'm never going to go to heaven. 
My sins are all forgiven. My sins are all washed away with the blood of Jesus. I'm in the family of God. All the wonderful spiritual blessings we enjoy. But think of your, your physical blessings. I mean, most of us in this room are in good health. Good health. We're able to get out of bed. We're able to walk. We're able to work. Hey, we're able to see. What would you say if a very, very multimillionaire, very, very rich man can do who's blind? Blind. Uh, he groups his way to you and says, uh, Sir, I, 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 I understand you have two good eyes. I'm blind. <coughs> I'm very rich. Sir, I will give you $1 million if you'll simply donate those two good eyes to me so I can see. But raise your hand right now if you'd be willing to sell your two good eyes for a million dollars and be blind the rest of your life. Raise your hand right now if you do that. No, you would not do that. Christian, how's it feel carrying a, a, around a million pair of million dollar pair of eyes as a boy down to for the most part I'm saying we're able to see but we, we have the we can see the Bible and read the Bible we have the Bible do you realize how many people Christians around the world don't even have the Bible years ago when I wrote my book How to Win Souls I advertised in the Sword of the Lord and Sword of the Sword of the Lord goes everywhere like Coca-Cola and not long after I had that advertising sword, Lord, I got in my mailbox one day and there, uh, there came an aerogram from Africa. I sat down. I sat down in my living room reading that aerogram from Africa. And it said, there, Dear Brother Godfrey, I'm a, I'm a Christian man here in Africa. Brother Godfrey, I do not have a Bible. Brother Godfrey, uh, a Christian without a Bible is like a tree without branches. Brother Godfrey, can you possibly send me a Bible? And I did. But here's what I said. Without moving from my uh, chair to the living room, I looked around the living room. You write the living room with at least six Bibles. We're so blessed here in America. Uh, and uh, think, of the, think of the material blessings you have. We have a house in which to live. Do you realize how many people are homeless today? We have a house in which to live. We have a roof for our head to keep us dry when it rains. Heat keep us warm when it's cold. Many have air conditioning to keep them cool and blistering on the outside. And we, we have transportation to get around. You have a wonderful church like this. A marvelous pastor, sweet pastor's wife. We have lovings, we have friends. Hey, we live in America. We're enjoying liberty and freedom for the most part. And on and on and on. I'm saying with that pen, take a sheet of paper and write down your blessings. Hmm? Now, here's our last reminder. With this, we're going to close. With that tea bag, this reminds you to relax daily. Now, I don't know what you, what, what you uh, use to relax, whether it's a, a, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a cup of hot chocolate. But, Christian, listen, relax daily. Relax daily. And, and when you're relaxing, take that list of your blessings. Huh? Read over those blessings you have from God. And give God thanks as you sit there relaxing with your cup of tea or coffee. Hmm. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning. What's that? 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, I'm all done with this sermon tonight. Except to remind you of a couple Bible verses we started with. 2 Timothy 2, 14. Of these things, put them in remembrance. And I've tried to do that tonight in the sermon. I've tried to put you in remembrance and things. First Chronicles 16, verse 12 says, Remember his marvelous works. 
he hath done. So I, I, I just tried to, to, to remind you, help you to try to remember God's marvelous works he hath done in your life, for your soul, your eternal destiny. Well, I, I hope the rest of your life you'll never be able to forget the sermon you've heard tonight. Hey, the next time you see a bar of soap or, or a Bible or a gospel track or a, a, a candy kiss or a rubber band or a racer or a tea bag or a, a mint or a, a band-aid or a pan, hey, why don't you try to remember these things? Uh, I'm, I'm afraid so many of us take these things for granted. Yeah, we take them for granted, but we should not. No, Christian, remember. 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 And so, again, hopefully every time you see a rubber band or a toothpick or uh, so forth, you'll remember some of these important spiritual things. Hey, I really appreciate your kind attention. 